Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Adult Sports Kid. I am your host, Jason Paul. Thank you for finding us, subscribing, and most of all, listening to another episode. Uh, how are you doing? Hope you're doing well. I'm all right. Let's get right into it. How? What am I playing right now? Let's talk about that. We might add this in as a new segment. Just, you know, general, what am I playing? Well, Madden. Madden came out last week. I talked about it on the podcast last week. I was very excited for it. And I'm having a great time with it. And quite frankly, I'm doing something with it that I've never really done before. Not in... Not at all, I don't think. A, 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 a feature that much talked about online and the communities I used to frequent, especially when I was younger, like Operation Sports, was the online franchise mode where you and 31 of your friends would get together and be an all-user team franchise. And that, listen, I dabbled in it. I remember having a University of Texas online NCAA franchise mode that was pretty much all kept on ourselves with with spreadsheets and that was as far as I dipped my toe in really I, I it didn't being in a league with strangers didn't appeal with me that much I never had you know 31 other friends that much into the NFL football to do this with but as I looked at how the franchise mode in Madden is, where it's basically you can choose an offline franchise mode or an online franchise mode, and they behave pretty much the same, I brought this up to a buddy of mine who will be on the podcast of what if, you know, you could join my franchise. And uh, we tried it. And quite frankly, I love it. I think it's a really cool way to, it's, it's a blend of an offline and an online franchise. Because if it's just me and one other person, we have 30 teams controlled by the computer, but what is awesome is we have a shared universe that we can converse about. We are both teams in the AFC North. I'm the Ravens. He's the Browns. So we're not only division rivals, but we're all going for the same goal, the Lombardi Trophy. So I think it's really cool, uh, you know, looking at the stats, talking about, you know, what teams are doing well, what teams aren't doing well, comparing, of course, our own teams and how they're doing I like to report the Ravens are struggling, but we're hoping for a second half come up. We're five and three after eight games. I know some of you probably that's not struggling. It's, it feels like it's struggling. The offense is anemic, but this is great because I'm in a universe where the moves that are happen. I have somebody to talk to with, so I'm actually exploring. I want to explore this more in other games. I think NBA 2K would be fun to do something like this with if the show ever made their online support a little more robust, I think that would be a good time. Because it's really neat to be able to, you know, talk and compare franchise observations with someone who's actually in it with you. I I, I think I actually used to do this way back in the day and in, in the early aughts with Madden with, you know, a kid in the neighborhood and we, we just, when he'd come over, we'd play a game or during sleepovers, you'd simulate seasons with somebody and maybe both take control of a team and see how well you did. But this can go on in perpetuity. And users can come into the league. So if you have more buddies who get Madden and want interest, they can come in. People can drop out. So actually, I want to give a plaudier that that's really brought me in. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm having more fun than I've had with Madden in many years because of it. And 
I don't want to stop. I want this to be a staple of it because it really adds replay value. And I'm really looking forward to playing my friend who's in the same division for a game with high stakes. A game that has high stakes for both of us. Not just a one-off head-to-head matchup, but a team that I know my team well. He knows his team well. And we really see how we're going to do after we've coached these teams up and coached the staffs up, for lack of a better term, and made moves in free agency. And then we can think about seasons down the line. If this keeps going, we have all this history to pull from. So I'm looking forward to this, to playing him. But from what I hear on Twitter, there is a nasty bug where head-to-head games cause a desync and you the, stats, the game doesn't count or it just drops you all completely. So that's also... a that's disappointing. That sort of pulls out the rug from under this excitement I was talking about. And it's disturbing that things like this slip through the cracks for something this big. I mean, there's whole communities online dedicated around just playing franchise modes together. And especially if you're in a 32-team all-user league, there's really no workarounds to borrow a software development term. So it's very disappointing that bugs like this exist, especially early in a game cycle when the hype is the highest. And this is the crazy things about games nowadays is the hype is the highest when it first comes out, but a product's never been less complete when it first comes out than video games are today. And it's things like this that could kill excitement. So I'm really hoping that one, we can try this out and maybe this bug doesn't affect everybody. We are going to do our due diligence there. But two, I hope EA fixes something like this because it's, it's very demoralizing. I think that's the best term because you fall in love with a mode and if it just works the way it's intended, that's that's all you're looking for. I'm just looking for it to work the way it's intended. I don't, listen, I don't love all the computer franchise moves, but I feel like that's diminished a little bit. My, my, my focus on that because of, I have a real, you know, social connection with other people in the league. So it's not just about the computers doing it's, I have a comparison point beyond that. And it's really unlocked a lot of fun. But bugs like this are going to ham- hamper that fun. So I really, truly hope that something gets fixed with this. But I'm having a blast with online franchise. I It's really going to make me want to try this in other games. I think it's quite amazing. So, I mean, overall, with Madden, I'm having a good time. I think the gameplay is pretty damn good. I Is it perfect? No. Uh, but there's some things I think are great, like uh, just a small thing, wide receivers catching the ball in bounds. It seems at least with highly rated receivers, and maybe that's like the cutoff, but I've, most receivers I throw to seem to be intelligent enough, at least in te- as intelligent as NFL receivers are, to know where their feet are and to catch a ball and remain in bounds. I remember that being a problem for Madden in, in, across generations. You know, I think a game like NFL 2K5 had great awareness. But for some reason, it eluded EA. And now it feels like it's there. It feels good. Um, I do feel less helpless on defense. I feel like last week when I first got at the game, I didn't know. I didn't really sink my teeth enough into it. And I might have been judging it too harshly defensively. And there is problems with coverage, no doubt, from your CPU defenders, especially around cover two. But I've been able to mitigate that for the most part against the computer and all pro and have fun with it and really have a defense that's quite good. It's the offense that's losing me games. 
So I feel like defense is close. I feel less helpless, and I feel like there's some tweaks there that are going to make defense feel amazing and feel like you do have control. And obviously most of that control is going to be via the play calling and you know the one or two guys you can really control on a play. But for that, I feel like I'm, I've am i hit some sort of a groove there to, and knock on wood as I probably will lose a game I play tonight. Offense is very close to being, I think, a great game of football on the field. I Playing as the Ravens primarily, I, I feel the averageness of my receiving core. I feel the averageness of my running backs. And I feel the explosiveness that exists within Lamar Jackson. And I think that's what you want, right? Like, previous Maddens, it was really easy to be like, I have a speedy receiver. He's going to outrun the cornerback. I'm going to throw to him, and all will be well. And that's not the case in Madden 22. It's truly not a great time to just chuck the ball up and hope your receiver catches it. I've thrown 20 interceptions so far in my season. That's not a good stat, folks. That means defense will punish you for bad throws. And I'm getting punished severely. And I love the one-on-one interactions between cornerbacks and receivers. I feel like in previous games, it was weighted too heavily to offense or defense in the sense of like it was all or nothing. I was like, oh, especially this was like early 10s, Madden was... It's either going to be a touchdown or an interception. I didn't feel like there was much in between. Now swatting is huge. There's some really cool swatting animations. Catching the ball is is tough. It's not just, oh, he's got it. It's, he's got it, and he has to make those two, you know, a football move with it. Bef- truly before it's a catch by the rules, end in Madden for you to feel like you've actually gotten it. I've had countless times where through a bullet pass, guy gets hit right away. It falls out of his hands. And as frustrating that can be in the moment, I think it it balances the game realistically. And it uh, feels like a game of football where you're playing with real people. So I'm having a good time. I'm learning Madden nuances. I'm, I'm researching things online. A little tidbit for y'all if you guys are playing the new Madden. And I guess this is in a lot of Maddens. I did not know that coded in the game were these two things. Was if you only rush two people as a way to like put, you know, nine defenders in, in, in the back, in the, in your, in your secondary to try to guard against the pass, the offense would automatically pancake people. So I thought that's cool. Also, if you hold the right trigger on the Xbox or R2, if you're on PlayStation and, and uh, gauge in a, as a quarterback and gauge a sprint behind the line, which is scrambling when you're the quarterback, you're, Blockers will disengage to balance the game out so defensive ends and defensive tackles have a higher chance of getting to you and sacking you to balance spamming uh, the scramble, which started in Madden 04 with Mike Vick. So I think that's really cool. It's obviously a video game tactic or a video game feature, but it serves a real purpose. So overall, I'm enjoying Madden. Uh, if I had to give it a grade right now, I'd say like a B minus, C plus, and uh, because we're gonna, it, it's formidable. It's not. I, I'm mostly in the franchise mode. I think Superstar KO mode. I tried it once. It, it really didn't speak to me. I think the yard has potential, but is a little too arcadey for my taste. I think there's some tuning there to be done, and but I don't hate it. 
and franchise mode is really what I was hoping. It's it's good enough. It's truly good enough, and I think a good foundation to build on. I think the staff point stuff's really cool. I like controlling uh, practice. Practice not only focuses on that week for practice for game plan, and not only just the players you choose to uh, level up faster, which have been in previous Maddens in recent years, but also the you know the intensity of the intensity of the practice on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, and choosing whether to split time between your starters and your backups. So, with all that said, I am enjoying Madden. Maybe I'm a fool. Maybe it's just a new car smell still, and that's fully possible. But for what it's worth, I'm enjoying it. Been a Madden skeptic. Haven't played it for the last two years, so that's also probably playing into it. But I'm also I'm enjoying the presentation, the graphics. I think it's a good enough time. Is it going to last me forever? Is, is Madden going to be the game I primarily play for the rest of the year? We'll see. I don't know. We have a... We have a crowded landscape of sports games coming out, which brings me to something else I wanted to discuss, which was uh, the, how news and previews for sports games has really evolved. I think if I'm 32 years old, if you're around my age, you remember the days when Game Informer would tell you all about the new NBA games in June, right? The issue that covered E3 comes out the next month and you get the news on the newest NBA 2K and the newest NBA Live, NBA Showtime, if that's if that was still a thing at that time. Um, and now that's sort of gone. We're in a very hype-free zone, I guess. It's very bizarre. So we, first, we got our first drips and drab of NBA 2K news, and I'll go over that a little bit later. But it's August, and that game releases September, and that's not even to talk about the fact of why does that game uh, release the second week of September. That doesn't really make sense. But we don't know anything about it at the start of August. We didn't know anything about it a month before it came out. But God knows 2K was accepting pre-orders. God knows they announced the pre-order bonuses. They didn't announce the features in the game, but they announced what you'll get if you pay more money. If you pay the $100, they'll tell you what you get. Tell you about the cosmetic items. Tell you about the virtual currency they created. But we don't know about the features. And they used to be everything was the features. Not just the release date, not just the sizzle reel trailer, but the features. It was the time when E3 was truly like, people are gonna get their hands on NBA Live, Madden, NHL, and we're going to get real feedback from how the game feels. And now that's almost completely gone. And I don't know if that's just due to COVID or what. And I know there was like a evolution where EA game changers, quote unquote, and those were people really handpicked by EA who are out in the community making content to come to EA and play these games early and get feedback. But a lot, I mean, let's be honest, the, the general vibe was hey these are people who are friendly to ea and they're probably gonna for that access they're gonna kind of trade off criticism publicly which happens in all walks of life but certainly in video games so now we're sitting in a place where we don't really know you know and, and that's truly bizarre to me and it's it kind of sucks i i like hype is great i mean i talked about this a couple episodes the hype is a lot of the fun for me in sports gaming is looking forward to things and thinking about what I'm going to do with them. And right now, we don't have that. We don't really have the hype. We have um, things that are really accelerated. I-, I used to... E3 this year was not 
It was pathetic, especially around sports gaming. It was non-existent. It wasn't important. So now, I don't know if it's our attention spans are smaller. I do think that that's part of it. I think COVID has impacted this forever. I don't think it's just going to go back one day. I don't think they're going to fly people out to EA Tiburon to try things out if they don't have to if they don't have to have that cost i think there might be more positives now there are more betas right i got invited to the fifa 22 beta so that's really cool and there are there was a beta around madden earlier this year so those exist i think in a in a wider uh, array right we're able to reach more people everyone's connected online all our analytics are there they can reach out to us quite easily. They have our emails. So we can get involved in something like a beta. But beyond that, it's not the same. The hype used to last be six months, you know? For some games, it truly was. If you think about, you know, May E3 stuff comes out, uh, NBA Live doesn't launch talk October. That's five solid months. We don't have that. Now we have drips and drabs. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly when that changed. I think. I think we hit an inflection point. I know Fallout 4 came out with very little um, lead-up time to launch. And I think that showed that, listen, people are going to buy a a proven commodity like the Fallout brand or a proven commodity like NBA 2K. You're going to find that it might not have a huge impact on sales. But you might lose some people in the margins. That's where I think you, you might be losing people. But what do I know? People, NBA 2K still sells like gangbusters. It, it's just it's just a different world, I lament. As I look back and remember flipping through Game Informer and actually you know, looking forward to things. But here we are in the modern era. And that brings me to our first story of the week. Something that bucks the trend of everything I just talked about, folks. So you might kick me out. Don't maybe you should not listen. But this is the one. This is the exception that proves the rule. We have, we got an update from Esports Boxing Club. Now let me give you a little bit of a, a the lowdown on what this game. From what I my understanding, Esports Boxing Club is a next gen boxing game from a studio. I believe they're located in the UK, um, and the studio's name is Steel Steel City Interactive. And this, they have been dripping and drabbing news about this game over the past year plus. I first remember diving deep in this game last summer. And they've been hard at work in this game, no doubt about it. I'm not trying to question the work here. But this is the polar opposite of what I just talked about. This is almost too much information as we go through development. They've just posted... Their latest development update on Twitter. You can follow them at e, at ESBC game. And let's just go over a little bit about what uh, gameplay improvements they're talking about and, and other parts of, of their game. Uh, this is all from the tweet, which is a screenshot of, uh, of some text. We hope you enjoyed the gameplay video we released in July. We've been reading through your feedback and exciting... And it's exciting for us to see how many of you share our passion for a great boxing game experience. Here are a few areas of focus that have stood out in your comments and how we plan to address them. Camera angles. ESBC will feature different camera angles for players to choose from. The, the video shown in the gameplay walkthrough is just one of the angles that will be available at launch. So to cut in there, they've been releasing a lot of gameplay. 
And this is alpha gameplay. Some of it was pre-alpha gameplay. Really raw stuff. And I really, as somebody who's in, you know, software development, as a day job and not actually coding things, I'm an idiot. I could never do that. But more on the product side of it, it's really crazy to me how much they've let people in. They've really let people watch a lot of raw stuff. And it's increased excitement. But at the same time... The graphics look amazing. The gameplay does look good. But the bar, I feel, is being set very high. And I don't think that's always a bad thing. I mean, obviously, if you think you're going to hit that bar, you're going to exceed it, exceed it, go for it. But I don't think you're in the possible, I don't think it is possible for you to know that with how early in development was from last year. So let's continue with getting off track. Shake slash flash as well as some games. Gamers prefer having effects appear, appear in game. That make for a more intense experience. We realize this isn't for everyone. This is why there will be custom options for players to disable these aspects, giving you more control over your experience. Combat slash punches. Our combat mechanics have gone through various upgrades since the first movement trailer was launched in November of last year. We want you to know that we're continuing work on all aspects of punches and combinations and will continue to do so until we meet until they meet our standard. Um, they've also added a little update on their career mode. Our July gameplay walkthrough teased some early work on our career mode hub. Here are some things you'll be able to do while in the hub. Move around the gym you train at in third person. Interact with your trainer to schedule sparring and training. Check the rankings across the boxing world. Change equipment and attire for the next fight. Other aspects uh, associated with boxing. Other aspects associated with boxing. Hell of a, hell of a thing there. I, I, I just... I bring this story up mostly one to to tell allow people to be aware of this game. I think it does look promising, but I just wanted to highlight the polar opposite of this. They're still in alpha. This isn't in beta, and I think when it's in beta, there's some sort of early release on Steam. At least they alluded to that last year. But this game still seems far away. If you get what I'm feeling, like this seems like we're at least a year out. They haven't named it a release date. And yet they're kind of getting feedback from these fans who haven't even played it. And that's kind of crazy to me in the sense of you, your product, it's always good to get feedback. But you're getting feedback from people who haven't picked up a controller and felt it. So I don't know if this is just my paranoia of this gameplay is not going to be great. It's not going to live up to the way it looks. Because the graphics look amazing. The gameplay looks good. The roster's star-studded. I think they got Mike Tyson in there. They have a bunch of real boxers. The career mode settings or, or features they're, they're talking about. It, it's incredibly expansive. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of a game like this, right? So it's like maybe the, the modern releasing of news is the right way to go. Because now I feel like there's too much hype. I've gone up and down. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. To, man, this is taking a long time to be in like, well, of course it takes a long time. It's a next-gen video game to like, well, why are you focusing on people responding to the tweets or saying, like, get, let's work on this game. Let's not worry about whether people don't like the camera shaking. If it serves a purpose and you believe in it, leave it in the damn game. So that's a little bit of an update on on that one on Esports Boxing Club. I, I urge you to go to this Twitter look through the tweets there's a gameplay walkthrough they posted in july before this podcast started we would have talked about it and it does look cool but 
it's alpha it's work in progress and there's really no sign of a release date so temper your expectations but it is something to look forward to and i'll be honest if they pull this off it'll be fantastic no bones about it it'll be great we need a successor to fight night we need something in the boxing space we could i don't know why esports doesn't just make a ea ufc mode for for boxing i mean you could get i think it was joshua and fury were were a dying characters to fight mma it makes no sense you have a stand-up mode in that game put gloves on them what whatever let's move on to the next story but i do urge you to check out more info about the game and of course we'll have more info as it's released this next story from Operation Sports, posted by Steve Noah. NBA 2K22 Seasons expands into my career and the W online. From the article, seasons were introduced last year in NBA 2K21, providing a new way to level up and earn rewards in my team. In NBA 2K22, the team has expanded seasons into my career and the W online. Check out the latest courtside report sent to us from 2K as we look forward to NBA 2K22 gameplay details next week. Like I alluded to earlier, next week is September, and uh, the game comes out September 10th, and we'll just be getting gameplay news then. So, welcome to 2021. Uh, so, basically, seasons, not unlike seasons you see in other games now, like Fortnite or Warzone, these uh, you know games that are forever. So they introduce seasons, and seasons are tied to battle passes in those games or certain rewards you can get if you buy the battle pass, or of course certain rewards you get if you're on the free-to-play tier. And they're adding this to NBA 2K22. And my team, it was in 2K21, and it was, you know, it was a theme change. There's different cards you could level up to. And in my team, you go from I think level one to 40, and as you level up, you get rewards. And now they're expanding this into I think mainly what we want to focus on is my career. I think the W is sort of the same thing as it's a my career, but just for the WNBA. And Mike Wang, Baluba on Twitter has alluded to, it's there's going to be drops of actual animations. There's going to be certain apparel you can only get during certain seasons. And I, I sort of steamrolled over, but animations. That's the first time that's ever happened where, listen, uh, you can't get this animation this season. You're going to have to wait. Or... I guess it's not even you don't even know what's going to be there next season. So this obviously meant to get people to play all year round to never really stop playing NBA 2K22. And that's sort of cynical in the sense of like, hey, always spend time in here. But it's also like, hey, if I start playing in January, I can get some exclusive items. It's not like, okay, I didn't level up my guy to a 99 by October you know, I'm going to be late to all this, all this shit, right? And I apologize for cursing. I shouldn't curse on this podcast. All this crap. So I couldn't get all this stuff. You know, that sucks. I feel like I'm never going to get there. At least with seasons, it's, it's January. A new season started. Let's go for it. Like, I can get everything. If I, if I got this game for Christmas and a new season starts in January, I'm ready to go. I can level up and compete with the best of them. So in that aspect, it's cool. Um... But I can also see a cynical side of it where it's like, oh, now, are, are you going to give us more animations? Or are you just going to take the same 50 animations for this specific situation and just drop them in 12 to 15 increments across the year? It really comes down to execution. I'm hoping for the former, where it's like, we're, we're actually going to add animations. Maybe something halfway through 
the life of the game. They they think, hey, actually this animation would help tune the game better, and we drop it there in the season. So we'll see. I think with things like gear, I have no problem with. I think it makes sense with things like gear. Put a Santa hat in in the in the winter season. You know, do a nice light jacket in the spring. Yeah. For things apparel and cosmetic, I have nothing, you know, negative to say. I think that's what DLC or that's what uh, microtransactions should be refer uh, reserved for, to be quite frank. So we'll see how that plays out. But seasons now a thing in NBA 2K22 to stay on the 2K22 front, but to shift gears to wrestling. Phil Varquette at Operation Sports has a story uh wwe 2k22 releases in march to 2022 teaser trailer revealed of course wwe 2k took last year off there was no wwe 2k21 there is a wwe 2k22 that's highly anticipated to do that year off and quite frankly due to the wrestling landscape right now never been more Hasn't been this exciting to be a wrestling fan, or maybe not exciting is the right word, but most interesting. The landscape's ever-evolving right now. So there's interest in wrestling, and this game's highly anticipated because it wasn't in released last year, and because this is the first next-gen wrestling game. So as we look forward to this, we were all hoping, hey, maybe this fall, this winter, we get our hands on it. Not going to happen. It's going to be in March. They showed the trailer at SummerSlam, and it was... All right, there was in-engine gameplay. There were some ring entrances. It looked beautiful, but no gameplay details. We don't really know. And clearly, if it got delayed to March, it's not ready yet. It's not... This wasn't a business decision by Take-Two or the WWE. And you say, how do you know? Well, this next story sort of informs that conjecture with... And this one's from Sports Gamers Online. And the headline, Sources, WWE 2K Relationship Seriously Strained. It was revealed on Saturday evening during WWE's SummerSlam event that 2K Sports made the decision to delay WWE 2K22 until March 2022. The decision has seen mixed reaction from fans across the internet, but that's not the only place having issues with the delay. Speaking with multiple sources at 2K Sports developer Visual Concepts and beyond, there have been a, quite a few high-level decisions causing concern among the teams. SGO has learned there's been infighting regarding the direction of the game. 2K Sports and WWE have been going back and forth on pushing back WWE 2K22 since immediately after the game was announced. Most of those within WWE wanted the game to release in its normal Survivor Series window. Those from 2K Sports and Visual Concepts, on the other hand, push hard for the delay of the launch. One of the reasons given us the sheer amount of release were us for the sheer amount of releases over the past year. The team has been working on scanning wrestlers, building new character models pretty much from the ground up, while a number of superstars built were on the release list. One source said, This is shaping up to be the most outdated roster a game has seen. With how many wrestlers have turned over, a lot of them going to a competition, you can't leave those game those 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 wrestlers in wwe especially when AEW, where those wrestlers are going is going to have a video game of their own so from that little blurb first off direction of the game that scares me that it's still not really decided i think you saw a wwe 2k go a little too sim with not enough fun but you go to arcadey with not enough sim aspects and that scares me that that's still a conversation that before 
you know, we showed that first trailer last year that we just didn't, or when, whenever they showed that first trailer, I think it was earlier this year, that they didn't know where they were going. Like, that's scary that that's still a thing. But even more scary is WWE wanted to just push out a product, right? Like, if you're a developer and you're saying, no, we should delay this pretty much six months. Instead of October, we'll do March. And WWE's saying, no. That's, that tells me WWE doesn't really care about the quality. Because I think delaying games is always the right thing if you think you should delay the game. That means it's not there. And that's in the world of 2021 where you release a product that's not quite there and we know we're going to get across the finish line eventually through patches and updates. But if they don't even think they can do that in a reasonable amount of time, that means we were heading towards another WWE 2K20 situation. Further along in the article, it states, WWE has made it known they want a better product this time around despite still making record profits. The largest wrestling company in the world lost quite a bit due to the poor launch and reception surrounding WWE 2K20. Things got really bad when it reached a point where refunds were starting to be issued. And in this article, it also states WWE has been talking to other partners. Now, I think that's crazy from the aspect of like, if you're going to switch now, you're waiting another two or three years. You think you can make a PS5 or an Xbox Series X game? shorter in a, in a, a smaller window than three years you're crazy it's not going to happen and i don't think wwe is going to do it because of that you're gonna be waiting longer for a game if they don't like take two's vision that's fine but you got to plan far ahead for a pivot like that so i'm imagining it's intentions are high right now but if wwe 2k22 delivers i assume maybe not all but most will be forgiven so we'll see there I'm I'm I want this game. WWE 2K19 was actually pretty highly reviewed. People do seem to like it. But they 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 when you go to a new uh system and you had all those all that negativity around 2K20, it's clear they're building things from the ground up. And they're going to need time to do that. I for one support the delay, support these developers. I imagine they have the right I'm sure their hearts in the right place. But this is a tough, this is what you're doing. You're doing business with a huge corporation like the WWE. They want a product out there. And it's really a shame that, you know, it's gotten to this point. I think WWE games, look back 20 years and the theme of this podcast, it was better back then. I'll tell you that. It was better back when PlayStation had a game, N64 had a game, and they're both pretty damn good. You know, you know how good we had it when we were kids when it was SmackDown 2 and No Mercy were coming out. Like, that's wild. Two classics coming out within the same calendar year. That that's never gonna happen again until hopefully AEW gets into the video game landscape in the coming years. But this big fight between these two, uh, two corporations batting heads. I actually don't know which one's bigger. I mean, Take Two's a behemoth. If WWE thinks they're just gonna like push around those guys, I think they. I'm glad that they they held firm, seem to be sticking to their guns, and they realize the quality of this one is of utmost importance. Nobody wants a crappy product, and if you get the crappy product, that's where the real problems start, as they saw with WWE 2K20. This story I forgot to mention was written by Michael Straw, so we thank Sports Gamers Online. The next uh, article, also from Sports Gamer Online, Sports Gamers Online, 
sources ea sports returning to baseball it's been 14 years but ea sports is making a return to the baseball video game market sgo has learned that the company is working on a new next gen baseball video game unrelated to the recently acquired metalhead software and super mega baseball that's huge so in this article they say 2024 possible launch um this is big i mean this is ea sports getting back into things right they've hired some producers from the nba 2k franchise to i assume work on a new incarnation of nba live they're getting back into ncaa football especially with players being paid now there's no excuse for them not to get the licensing going there and now even in addition to metalhead and super mega baseball which is a critically raved about franchise but a very unrealistic looking game but a quite realistic and fun playing game they're trying to get back into baseball. That's big, right? MLB The Show has owned that marketplace. I'm not quite sure with the exclusivity deals, um, but the article does state, as far as licensing, everyone I spoke to said the assumption is that MLB will part of the game. I hope MLB's learned. The NFL hasn't learned, but I don't think exclusivity helps anybody. I don't think it helps the, the corporate partner from the leagues. It certainly doesn't help the quality of the video game. For God's sakes, competition is great when it comes to video games. Let's bring more out. And it would be great if MVP came back. I love the show. I love playing the show. It's a frustrating experience, though. I'm frustrated when I can't hit. MVP Baseball had some mechanics that I still don't understand why they're not a part of modern baseball games like the show. MVP 2005 is regarded as one of the greatest video games of all, or sports video games of all time. I'd argue it has the best baseball video game of all time. The fun factor was out of this world. I love the mechanic with the pitching where you could, based off of a pitcher's release, you get a glimpse at the ball and you know it sort of pitch is coming. That was a, to me, that, that screams realism because when you're a hitter, you know what to look for. I as a Layman certainly don't, and I certainly don't in the, in the pixel world of video games on MLB The Show, and it seems like that ball is coming at me at 99 miles per hour, for real. I don't stand a damn chance. MVP was fun. It had a stadium creator back then. Like, they were on the right path. So if we can get a spiritual successor to MVP Baseball, if we can get a good, maybe an EA Sports, you know, my player situation to play with your friends... I like this. I like the general EA Sports investing again in more sports. EA Sports used to have offerings for everything, and now it's truly limited to only things they found success in, and that success was mostly Ultimate Team. And that does not speak to me in the same way as franchise modes back in the day did. So I'm hoping, I have my fingers crossed, that we get a lovely incarnation of MVP Baseball, that's fun to play, easy to pick up and play, and really scratches the itch that sometimes the show can't because of the show's very you know strident and, and, and stringent adherence to realism, which I'm for. And I love that as an option, but I don't love that as the only option. And the more options, the better. And this is what I like to hear. Because also, this investment means they... They see something in the market. They're not just going to be copycats. And they shouldn't be. These games should be offering different things to different people. That, that, that's what 
that's also how you get more people into the sports in general. You think if baseball is struggling, and it certainly seems to be with younger people, a video game is going to help that. And it's an accessible video game is going to help that more than an inaccessible video game. Now, that's been rectified a bit. MLB The Show is now on Xbox platform. So it's not like you just had, like, a year ago, you had to have a PlayStation 4 to play it. Now you can have a PlayStation 4, a PlayStation 5, an Xbox One, or an Xbox Series S or X. So fingers crossed that this, one, that this is true, and two, that... You know, we're we're living in a landscape in a few years where there's a new NBA Live, there's a new MVP, there's a new NCAA football, and maybe there's a fight night. And there's Skate 4 being worked on. That would be great. The more sports video games, the better is what I say. Finally, speaking of more sports video games, we have one more this fall season that's going to come out. We have NBA 2K22 on September 10th. We have FIFA 22, October 1st. And last week, we do, we detailed NHL and their release date. Well, now we got the first gameplay trailer. Uh, this gameplay trailer can be found on YouTube. If you just search NHL 22 official gameplay trailer, it's on EA NHL on Twitter. And it actually broke some big news. And of course, like alluded to earlier, uh, Pretty late in the game. It's the end of August. This game comes out in six weeks, and we're just learning that is a new engine. Uh, yes, that is a fact. F- the Frostbite game engine is, in fact, being used in EA NHL. They never migrated over to Frostbite when the rest of the sports franchises did during the last generation. They have here. So that's a big news, that there's a new engine. So I, I really enjoyed the last NHL I played was NHL 20. Uh, new engines scare me in the sense of I feel like it's going to take a couple years to get your footing, but we'll see. Also, the it seems like the new engines, both next gen and previous gen, so it sounds like they're built from the same foundation. So I don't know if that means it's going to limit next gen in terms of graphics. The graphics looks pretty good in the gameplay trailer. The biggest news I do think is that Frostbite game engine. The second biggest thing that they highlight is the Superstar X Factors, you know, a feature from Madden that they're porting over into the hockey world. I do like how it's used in Madden. I do feel that the players who have the X Factor designation do deserve it, do play better than the players who don't, and you have to actually account for them on the field. I hope that's the same for players on the ice here, where you really have to account for a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews more than a regular third line center. I want to feel that skill gap, that difference in playing them. I want to have fear when I play the top guys in a sport. So I hope that Superstar X Factors bring that over. I hope that I feel more empowered as I control these guys to do cool moves and to make me really feel like them. But going back to that engine, I'm more I'm I until I play this, I'm going to be very skeptical that they could pull it off in one year. Uh, enhanced stick physics is another thing they highlight in the trailer. And I think that, listen, that was something in EA NHL hockey I was totally willing to do without. I'd be like, listen, if it's just going to cause more issues to have stick physics be more realistic, let's balance the game. But some of the shots they have, it seems like the stick physics are more realistic and you're going to be able to use it to your advantage. And it looks, you know, because we all saw, you know, when, when a stick would disappear into the boards or into the side of the goal or you throw a stick and it go through a guy because they didn't want to trip you. There's a lot of different variables at play with sticks. And if they're committed to actually make sticks 
work correctly, look correctly, and also retain that balance, then I'm all for it. And that means to me, hopefully that they have, you know, a bigger team to focus on something like that. I always felt like the EA NHL team seemed like the stepchild of the Madden and, and FIFA. And they truly must. I can't imagine the size was, I'm sure they were a fifth of the size of those teams. So I hope that reinvestment, it seems like it came with this move to the new generation. They get them on the new engines. And I hope this allows them to do cool things. The last thing highlighted in the trailer, a presentation quirk, so to speak. Augmented reality UI. I don't know how I feel about it. I, it's basically like the example they show a couple times in the trailer is uh, you're at one of the, the circles next to the goals of, for a face-off. And then they show the face-off stats in the circle augmented on top of, you know, players. I haven't seen that in a real broadcast. It, it Me, I don't like quote-unquote broadcast aspects to be unrealistic. If I haven't seen that in a broadcast, I'm really kind of concerned it's in a video game. Because then it just looks video game. It doesn't look realistic. It's not the end of the world. That there's like these overlays that are very much blended into the environments and don't look like TV overlays, but don't look not like TV overlays. You're going to have to see the trailer to really understand what I'm getting at. It's a choice. It's a design choice. I think they're trying to look cool. It's reminiscent of some menus. I've, I mean, it's sort of like the next gen stat stuff and, and, and Madden. It's a little ham fisted or. Uh, it seems like it's modern. It's They're trying to be more modern than what modern is. But uh, that's not going to stop me from playing or, or, or purchasing this game if it plays well. So I look forward to EA NHL. I'll certainly give it a try in the EA Play. But that new engine, that's certainly what mo my eyes are on. That'll be interesting to feel that out. Because if that plays well, and I'm telling you, I do feel like Madden feels good. I feel like FIFA feels pretty good with the Frostbite engine. So if NHL can have that feel, a little more weightiness to the players, a little more that the stick's heavy and, and, and really aids me in abilities, then I'm all for it. So, folks, I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter, at Adult Sports Kid. I'd like you to encourage to follow me on Twitch, at jpaul1723. And I want to encourage you to tell a friend if you like this podcast. If you didn't, don't mention it ever again, please. So as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>